they at one time were actually this is true um and it's absolutely fucking ridiculous that it's true but it is true they were talking a while ago about remaking jaws okay and the project got shut down if the i can't remember if this was the actual reason but it very well just should have been the reason it sounds like a good enough one but they they cast their role for quint um now i'll give you guys as many guesses as you want and you'll never come up with the choice they had for quint if you don't already know this um do we get do we get a hint sure he was on snl jimmy fallon no brian will ferrell tracy morgan <laughs> now really <laughs> now uh, my buddy eric has said that we've talked about this before because we both absolutely love jaws and uh, you know we both said you know I, I i like tracy morgan i really do but as quint uh, you know seeing him be like that's a damn big shock over there what <laughs> i i, I, I just like you don't do the podcast in that, that impression <laughs> Can you I, keep it I, up I, for two hours? No, I don't think I, I. I'd just laugh the whole damn time if I tried. Welcome to another episode of Bry Guy and His Super Friends, where we also think Mr. Doctor is a strange name. See what I did there? Because that was that was one of the jokes in the movie. Yeah, I got that. <laughs> it's, it's funny. All right, moving on. Uh, I'm your host, Brian Labick. Joining me for this episode is Andy Stoles. Hello, peoples. And back again, Mike Bradley. By the crimson bands of Satorak, I have returned. <laughs> Andy, where's your Doctor Strange intro? I got nothing. <laughs> you could even just said like you're the Sorcerer Supreme or something along those lines. Uh, I fucked it up. What do you want me to say? <laughs> By the hoary hosts of Hogoth. Come on. <laughs> There's so many. Mike's got a whole list, it sounds like. <laughs> no, those were the two. <laughs> But there is there's there's a lot more out there that he, he, blew he likes his load to, already. He's done. He, he does. He, Stan Lee definitely wrote a lot of the stuff for him because there's a lot of you know. Excelsior. What? No, like the the hosts of Hogoth, the Crimson Satorak. You know, like he he does the alliteration thing uh, gotcha. a lot with the character. But <laughs> uh, so if you haven't guessed already, for this episode we're going to be talking about Doctor Strange, the fourteenth movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, and we're just going to sort of get right into it, but, well, I guess maybe before we get right into it, uh, again, we've all, all three of us saw the movie, so we're going to talk about the movie, give our sort of impressions, thoughts. Before we get into the spoilery stuff, uh, I just want sort of want to hit with everybody, what did you guys know about Doctor Strange before going into the movie? Anything I at have, all? I have one thing that I had a problem with the movie immediately when you just touched on it is they totally messed up a chance there. They made it their 14th movie. They could have just switched, flopped them around, and had just Doctor Strange be 13. Why not? You know. <laughs> it just, you know, just would have been that nice little Easter egg touch to it that could have been there that it, that it wasn't. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, I was asking you guys, what do you, what, do you, what oh. did you know about Doctor Strange before the movie? Anything, or is this completely new to you guys? You got to go in completely clean. Um, I knew just a very small amount about Doctor Strange. I knew he was the Sorcerer Supreme and that he was a wizard and he protected the Marvel Universe from like mythical, mystical types, not, not mythical, mystical type <laughs> stuff. But uh, I learned a lot in the movie, so I obviously didn't know a tremendous amount. Like, I couldn't even think of a open for it. So, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, personally, I've, I learned most of what I know about Doctor Strange from reading X-Men comics and magic, specifically having a lot of dealings with Doctor Strange, operating in the same kind of universe, dealing with Limbo so much. Um I learned a lot, most of what I know about him through that. I've read a few comics. Um, I know his impact on the Marvel comic universe as a whole more than I would know about his individual series. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, his presence in the Illuminati, things like that, that are extremely important in the overall scheme of things. Um, yeah, that's something Ill- I was going to bring up too. The whole Illuminati group. Right. Um, the, the only, I mean, I know a few of his villains, um, Dormammu being probably his best villain, I would say, um, you know, there's a few others there that could turn up. I mean, Baron Mordo, uh, could eventually turn up, um, but there, there's several of the more mystic, uh, villains that he's had that have turned up in the X-Men universe um, recently, I would say, because I mean, the last few years, because magic has started to play a much bigger role in their universe, so those villains have started to pop up. Um, now, specifically, you're talking about the magic character, right? Not like magic in general. Yes, yeah, magic. Like Ileana... M-A-J-I-C-K? I-K. I-K. It's just okay, yeah. Ileana Rasputin, Colossus's little sister. Yeah. Um not not Harry Potter magic. We're you know. <laughs> like Magic the Gathering or something. Yeah, yeah. It it they 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 operate in the same general idea of the alternate dimensions. Um you know, like that's kinda where they both draw their power from, both what they do if you don't know a lot about magic. Um she does a lot like what Doctor Strange does, she protects the world, basically is the guardian of Limbo, which is just kind of a really awful place full of demons, um, which originated, I believe, I, I'm not sure if it originated in Journey into Mystery or in Doctor Strange, but one of the two. Um, but yeah, that was probably a character up. we'll never see in the MCU. How. <laughs> I hope Fox just gives up on it someday, but <laughs> but you know who knows. All right, so you got a nice yeah. nice wide range there. Um, I'm I'm more aligned, I think, with with Andy. I pretty much knew he was Doctor Strange was Sorcerer Supreme. I knew that he was in a car accident that screwed up his hands, and then he went to go try to fix himself, and that's where he learned magical powers and became the Sorcerer yeah, I didn't Supreme. Even know that shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly didn't know that either until I seen re- uh, previews for the movie. Yeah, see, maybe so. okay, so maybe I did know a little bit more then. And then you know what? 
Mike and I were talking earlier, the whole Illuminati group, I knew, I feel like I knew maybe more about Doctor Strange from that, just from his interactions with other high-ranking uh, people. I don't even remember who all was in Illuminati. Like, like I know uh, Professor X, I think, was there, Tony Stark. Black uh, Panther, Namor, Reed Richards. Um, I feel like we're missing some people, but I don't, I can't think of who. I didn't even know Illuminati was a, a group in the Marvel Universe, so... Ha, ah, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like the, this whole group were the ones making a lot of the decisions in the Marvel Universe when big shit happened. Yeah, they were uh-huh. kind of... They, they would, like, analyze the levels of threat in the major Marvel Universe events. Like, uh, I think it started right around Civil War, didn't it? Like, right at Civil War. Either, I... either that or uh, the uh, Secret Evasion, wasn't it? Well, the Secret Invasion came after. Did it? it? I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was the timeline. I, I'm pretty sure Civil War came first, then Secret Invasion, then Siege. Um, oh, you're right. Maybe it was after Civil War that they'd like, they never wanted a catastrophe like that to happen again, so they decided to form this group to try to. Uh, no, no, it, it was around. It was around before because they. they I specifically remember the graphic novel Prelude to Civil War, or Road to Civil War, whatever it was. Was the Illuminati comic was the first one in that series? Yeah. Okay. So they they were around either that was the start of it, or they were around well before that. One. Yeah, because they were the two. ones too that eventually decided to throw Hulk into space. I think. Yes. That led to like World War Hulk and all that stuff. Uh, it, as far as I know, that that that's the case because that's why World War Hulk was such a big deal is because he got so pissed off at them for casting him into space. Yeah. Um, but I'm just gonna look it up to see who we're forgetting out of the Illuminati um, because they they're able to in- introduce almost all of them, but there's gonna be a couple like Professor Xavier and Reed Richards that they can't. Yeah. Uh, Black Bolt is... Yeah, that's okay. right. Yeah, they need the humans either. there. Um, I think Cap was a member for a while, too, right? But then he, no, like, got he, kicked out or something. Um, he, 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 he wasn't a founding member um, of the group. He Because it was pretty much they took, like, their smartest characters, I think is the way they looked at it. Um, the, the ones they felt had the most influence and were, you know, like, cause the black Panther, because he's King of Wakanda, Namor, King of Atlantis. They, they brought them along, um, because they're both obviously hyper intelligent as well. Um, but I, I don't, I don't think cap was ever a part of it is in my recollection, but I have not read every Illuminati thing out there. Obviously. I thought that was, um, it was leading up to the whole, uh, like end of the multiverse for them, like the, all the all the universes colliding and all that stuff. I thought, I always thought, oh. I th- thought I read somewhere that Cap was involved with the Illuminati at one point, saw what they were doing, basically getting to the point where they're destroying worlds. Didn't like that, and someone kind of wiped his memory and kicked him out. Um, you know, I'm not sure about that, but I am just going to go ahead and look at the. Okay, they they recruited Captain America in, uh, and. Yeah, pretty much what you said. <laughs> um, the other members that they recruited in around the same time were uh, Medusa, Beast, the Hulk, Captain Britain, 
uh, Mastermind and Yellow Jacket. Hank Pym, not the Yellow Jacket from, not not Darren Cross, the Hank Pym version. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so I mean, it pretty much makes up the heavy hitters and decision makers of the Marvel universe. Um, and yeah, it's they something still I do. Would... Still do a lot of that, like you said, minus Professor X and Reed Richards. Yeah, yeah. Namor's one they recently said they can use in either one, right? Oh, is it? I I missed that then. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure they went that route because Namor was originally just a submariner. He wasn't a mutant um, because Namor actually existed before the X-Men. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure they went that route and said, like, listen, Namor was not a mutant originally. We don't have to make him a mutant. I don't think he was with Fox. I thought he was with a different studio. And that was like a whole big thing with another studio, not Fox. Oh, really? I I just remember something I read recently was, was along the lines of Marvel can use him. But okay. I'd have to look it up again to be certain. It may yeah, have been the, his, something I was reading that was a dispute of whether they could use him. Yeah, his, his rights are so, so muddled somewhere that I have yet to hear like a definitive answer one way or the other who can use him and when. Yeah, I mean the the thing is, is like if it's another studio that has his rights, it, it doesn't. It's not going to work to make a Namor movie on its own, like it, without more going on. Plus, you have to figure how long does that studio have the rights because they obviously haven't made one in a while. So, how long do they have that before it would go back to Marvel? Yeah, yeah. If they if it works the same way, yeah, yeah that's I mean, true. Maybe it, it was an earlier you know, deal that doesn't isn't relied upon. Them making a movie in so many years. Yeah, who, you know, the the only thing I could see him being tagged on is a part of as well is is the Fantastic Four. Yeah, I mean, he has that whole love affair with Sue and everything. So, yeah, you know, I could see that being tagged on, but I have no idea. That that's one I'll have to look up later. It's off topic. <laughs> yeah, we're. I just yeah, we're getting. We didn't even talk about Doctor Strange much at all yet. No. Um, all right, so we're going to write the shit back onto uh, the movie here. Uh, before we get into spoilers, let's just sort of give maybe just our overall impressions of the movie. More or less, I guess, like kind of for people that haven't seen the movie yet, is there anything you want to tell them to either get them to see it or not get them to see it? This is your general spoiler-free thoughts that you can we can try to present now. I thought it was a really good movie. I thought the action was pretty solid. Uh, a little bit confusing sometimes. Um, uh, stylistically, it was very uh, Inception-y. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, the acting, I thought, was, was pretty solid. Benedict did a good job. Um, Mads Mikkelsen, is that what his name is? I can't ever... Yeah. His name. I think it's Max, maybe. I don't know. It doesn't... It's irrelevant. <laughs> Yeah, I thought he was a, he was a pretty solid antagonist. Um, uh, hmm. Overall, I thought it was a, a pretty solid movie. I would I would say go see it if you are a fan of Marvel anything. <laughs> there you go, uh, Mike. What do you got? I mean, the the first thing I would tell people is get there while this is still in IMAX 3D. Um, uh, that's it, how it, I saw it too. It was really awesome. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, this is one movie, I mean, it's not going to play the same on your television at home. You know, it, it's just not the same experience visually that you're going to get in IMAX. Um, 
beyond that, I mean, I I mentioned before the show about uh, Benedict Cumberbatch doing an American accent, kind of threw me off a little bit. <laughs> um, he did very well. I feel like he broke it a few times where you, you almost like felt like you could still hear that British accent in there a little bit at times, but it just sounded wrong for this guy with such a dis- distinctive voice to be pulling the American accent. It just, I don't know, it sounded wrong at points. Yeah. But, um, Which I think begs that the com- question, like, why did they even make him change his accent? Like, you could have I... just had him, like, be British and then work in America in New York, and it, I don't think it takes away anything from the character. Yeah, I didn't. I have no idea. I can't. That's one you'd have to ask. The, <laughs> Kevin Feige, why? Yeah, <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. I was dumbfounded by that decision. <laughs> but uh, do you have anything else to add? I feel like I cut you off a little bit. Um, no, no. I'm. I mean that. That's the most I would say about it. Like review wise, the movie, the story moved well. It felt like something interesting was always happening. Um, it didn't feel like it hit that lull that a lot of movies do where it's like, okay, this all this stuff has happened. It starts a little bit slower, and then once it gets going, it pretty much doesn't stop. Right. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, it's a hell of a movie. I enjoyed it. Um, I wouldn't put it at the top of my Marvel list, but it it's up there. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with these guys. I think it was really fun. I did not see it on IMAX 3D. I went straight 2D because I was afraid of the topsy-turviness and the, and the twisty visuals that if I might get sick in 3D. Well, vertigo actually, action. Yeah, yeah, I was kind of worried never, about that. Yeah, I, I was a little worried about that too, but I never felt sick watching it. Okay. I don't, I don't get that way with anything, so I, I've, not, <laughs> I've never had those problems, like... <laughs> So I, I, I don't worry about that. My wife wasn't happy about it. She kind of does, but <laughs> so how'd she, she handle? Got, was she okay? It, it, other than her neck craned a little bit because we were sitting not as far back as I would have liked, but <laughs> it, it was crowded. So you know, yeah, yeah, gotta take what you can get. Uh, yeah. I, it, again, I think it was a good movie. I think it's worth checking out. Definitely see it in the theater because again, I, like they were saying, I don't know how well it would hold up. Like it's still gonna look good in, on home theater, but uh, I think it's it's one of those movies that's made to be seen in the theater. Um, yeah, and then I guess we'll we'll get into the specifics uh, as we continue. So from here on out, it's probably a good time to throw out the spoiler warning. Now that we've given you sort of a general sense of what we thought of the movie, uh, so if you haven't seen Doctor Strange yet, you can pause the podcast now, come back to us after you've caught up and seen it. Uh, we'll be here waiting for you. I promise. Uh, consider this your spoiler warning for Doctor Strange. Spoiler! Spoiler! You know, something like that. Alright, so we are free to talk spoilers and go whichever way we want to with this. So is there anything that you guys want to start with specifically that we can get into? Or just kind of um, run through like what we liked, what we didn't like, that kind of thing? The, the, the one thing that really uh, stuck out to me was the car wreck. Oh, okay. The, that was very intense. Yeah, <laughs> especially in IMAX 3D <laughs> with the the, the sounds and just the, visually, I just I thought they did an excellent job on that car wreck. It was it was visceral. <laughs> it was Marvel's PSA for do not text and drive. 
Exactly. Yes. <laughs> the the only issue I took with the car wreck was that was not survivable. Um, no, yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It, it, it's kind of it's kind of like the grizzly attack from the Revenant. You, you, or you just you weren't you weren't surviving it. Um it, he flies off a cliff several hundred feet down. The car <laughs> impacts, rolls and rolls and rolls and they they assume that somehow his hands take all of this impact and you know like he comes away with like you know a boxer's eye but other than that he, he's fairly okay and i'm thinking to myself that's an evil can evil crash where you have <laughs> dozens of broken bones not your hands and right uh, you know a, a sore face afterwards um, i think they specifically show you like his hands get crushed in the dashboard yeah yeah they do they they it's a very quick sequence like but it's there and it, it actually was kind of one of those gut moments where it's like, Ugh, yeah, like, like you know, it's hurt. coming, but, <laughs> um, I like the, uh, Easter egg they threw in there right before the, uh, right before the wreck happened though. With on the, the patients, the, the patient list. Yeah. They were talking about Rudy. Not... Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. The about experimental Rudy. suit and whatever. He's like, no, I don't want to, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna work on him. <laughs> no, I have to admit because I was. I'm kind of confused, maybe on the timeline of the of the whole thing. Because my first reaction when they talked about an air force air force colonel being messed up in a metal suit for like a, I don't know if they specifically said test flight or something. Maybe that's just where no, my they said, mind. It said an experimental suit. Okay, so my thoughts immediately went to Justin Hammer trying out Iron Man knockoff suits. And that video that you see of like his pilot like spinning around, <laughs> um, from Iron Man two, like that's where really? I, that's where my mind went. I mean, I immediately went to Civil War. I think yeah. that's probably what they were going for. But I mean, it, like, I, the I fact that he's he's away for God knows how long. That's never specified how long he's learning magic and training and stuff like that. So, in my mind, it could have been more in line with Iron Man 2, and then he goes away for that period of time and then sort of come back after Civil War? Like, it's just been that many years? I, I don't think they go out of their way to say Air Force Colonel uh, if they don't mean Rhodey. I mean, do you, do you really think Justin Hammer was getting a colonel into an experimental suit? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, so it, I would say, you know, the crash happens during Civil War and his recovery time before he makes his way to, uh, what was it? What I don't was the name, of the, name of the place. Oh, uh, no, uh, I can't remember. Something <laughs> Taj. Like it was like, yeah. um, it, I, I think that recovery time well. is like bridging the gap from the time that civil war ends to the time that is current. You know what I mean? Like in where they're going for in this movie is that it's happening now. There's there's um, a pretty big um, time uh, span in Civil War the movie itself because I mean mm-hmm. you see Rhodey get hurt and then you see him actually recovering and semi able to walk so he actually undergoes some sort of surgery and and recovery time in Civil War itself yes. so yeah I mean that yeah. could be around the same time that Strange is in the hospital recovering too right right so maybe by the end of Civil War. Like when when Rhodey's trying to walk again, that could sort of be when Strange just Strange goes is. away, or yeah. even when he comes back. See, I yeah. feel like that's too that's too quick. I I almost feel like he's got to be like coming back or you know becoming the Sorcerer Supreme almost right before the next Avengers movie. 
Well, I mean, that's not the case, though. We know that. The mid-credits scene tells you that's not the case. And that I want to get into that, too. I don't know if we want to do that now or do that later, because that kind of confused me, too. Uh, well, we, we can work our way towards it or hit it now. It, it, I mean, I don't think we have to go in chronological order through the movie. Um, All right, so let's get into this, because this part, and I, w- I really want you guys to maybe explain this to me, because... I was confused because – all right, so the mid-credits th- scene is when Thor shows up and him and Doctor Strange have a conversation. Right. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. They talk about um, – wait, I tried to find the quote from IMDb. Odin's missing. Odin's right, missing. Right, but they specifically – he specifically mentions – wait. Uh, Strange tells Thor, I keep a watch list of individuals from realms who may be a threat to this world. Your adopted brother Loki is one of those beings. Thor says that's a worthy inclusion. Strange says, yeah, so why bring him here to New York? And then Thor says it's a bit of a long story, family drama, that kind of thing. We're looking for my father. So Strange says, okay, so if you found Odin, you would all return to Asgard. Thor says, yes, promptly. Uh, The Loki part throws me for a loop. Now, because the last we see of Loki, he is Odin? (laughs) Because the last Thor knows, Loki is dead. Oh, true. So where's the realization that Thor finds out that Loki is alive? That's something we should be seeing. We as an audience know that. Thor thinks Loki died on that planet. He left him for dead, went with Jane Foster to stop the ether, goes to tell quote-unquote Odin, I'm going to live on Earth. Not knowing that's Loki, he goes to Earth through the events of Avengers leaves after Age of Ultron to go back to Asgard to sort stuff out about the Infinity Stones. None of that brings up Loki. So when the fuck does he figure out that Loki's in charge of Asgard? <laughs> I'll solve this for you real quick. Nothing says that mid-scene, or mid credit scene, is taking place before Ragnarok. Um, that could be taking place during Ragnarok. And that and... was, the only way to me it makes sense is that way. That what we're yes. seeing is a scene that will be shown in Thor Ragnarok, just like the end credits of Ant-Man was a scene directly ripped from Captain America Civil War. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I that makes sense. see that very, you know, simply is that's the only way it's the case. Um, so we have uh, Benedict Cumberbatch to look forward to in Ragnarok, I guess. Oh, yes. He, yeah, yeah, he but... may have a cameo, yeah. Yeah, I don't think he's going to have much of a role, but it's going to be a bit part that they need him for a specific task that he accomplishes, and he moves on about his business once they have Odin back, and then they go back and to Asgard or whatever world they go off to to battle. I guess it, right now it's Hela is going to be the yeah. main villain. It sounds like, like there's going to be a few, but it sounds like that's the main because I feel like anything I've heard about Ragnarok, they've said like 80 to 90% of the movie is like, you know, cosmic. Like nothing yeah. about that has said like, oh, we're going to be on Earth for a good portion of the movie. Yeah, I feel like it could be an early portion of the movie where, you know, they're in New York and that kind of kicks off the movie maybe. I, I'm not do you sure. Think that's, I feel like that could be – I feel like that's got to be a bookend, right? Maybe the end of it. Like they go through all their shit. And whatever happens in Asgard to kick off, you know, whatever they're doing is somewhere during that time when Thor finds out that Loki is impersonating Odin. They still have to find Odin, so it sort of wraps up with them fighting whoever they need to fight out in the cosmos and then ending on Earth. 
Yeah. To, to I mean, find it, Odin, maybe. I don't know. I'm spitballing. It, it, it could even be a play to Infinity War. I mean, uh, yeah. Because, you know, the, as far as I remember, the events are taking place around Infinity Gauntlet comics were. I believe at some point it's mentioned in those comics that Odin was taken out because Thanos was actually afraid of Odin. Yeah, he was one of the few beings still left around that he actually feared, even with the Infinity Gauntlet. Um, And so he kind of, I think it was Mephisto that made sure that Odin was occupied, kind (laughs) of. Gotcha, okay. Yeah, so, so that'll be interesting. Cause, well. Yeah, because when I, I had to look up like what that scene again, like what they were talking about, the lines of dialogue specifically in that scene. Because after one viewing, I walked out of that scene being really, really confused about what they were trying to set up or tell us. Yeah, I mean, I, I my thought on it was, my initial thought was, holy crap, we're getting the Hulk and Doctor Strange in the next Thor, like, <laughs> right, <laughs> freaking sweet. Yeah, but, cool. I mean, that uh, was Chris, all I really took. <laughs> yeah, Chris Hemsworth was rocking quite the beard in that, too. So, I mean, it it kind of speaks to him not having time to groom himself there <laughs> sure. for a while, you know? So, so he probably has gone through some shit before he starts talking to Dr. Strange there. Yeah. I mean, and speaking He's of things along this though, line, so. have you guys caught the extras from the Civil War Blu-ray DVD combo thing that have Thor hanging out with I think the guy's name's Chris. Just some like normal dude hanging out in an apartment uh, with yeah, him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> that stuff was great. And I, I like I, I they they said that guy actually may have a cameo appearance coming up. Which <laughs> they, oh, so like, that whole they, gag short film was actually going to be considered canon now, <laughs> like in the MCU. They they said possibly like just as a joke. <laughs> like <laughs> Just because it was so fun to watch, like the the ridiculous dumb shit, putting the you know the hammer on the toilet seat lid, <laughs> you know, like just messing with them in general. And of fun things of all, I mean, Doctor Strange. They they've had a. I've heard a lot of people have conversations. You know, I think they did it on Comic Book Man. Choose a hero to go out and have a drink with. Uh, Doctor Strange wins now. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like. He can refill your beer as you just finish it. You don't even, I mean, wow. I was going to say, just because of the never-ending beer? Yeah, yeah never-ending beer. <laughs> he, he, he is, he, he's the Marvel Universe's Jesus right now. He, he turns it <laughs> up, you know. So he does it with beer, which is way better than wine, so. <laughs> uh, all right, so I think you guys sort of set me straight on that, on that scene there. So I feel a little bit more confident about what I just, what I witnessed for that mid-credits scene. <laughs> and you where were worried. Fit in. I, yeah, I was, because. You know, because the audience knows what's happening, I thought for a second that Marvel was, I don't, I don't know, I don't want to say stupid enough, but maybe arrogant enough just to put it out there that like, oh, you know, we're just going to push the story forward without actually showing you how the story moves forward. And you just They were gonna... doing an X3. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping it's, it's sort of what we predicted and it's just going to be somewhere in the middle or end or beginning somewhere of Thor 3. And you're just going to see that scene again, and it's going to play in the context of the movie and make a lot more sense because Thor will actually go through the, revela- the revelation that I want to see him go through in a movie mm-hmm. somewhere. Because I feel like that's that confrontation 
would lead to such a good story beat that you need to be able to see that somewhere. Right. Like him realizing that Loki is impersonating Odin, like that's meaty stuff right there. Yeah, yeah, they set that up well. It was one of the few things I really, really liked from Dark World. Yeah. You, you know, like, set that up like that. To me, that was great. And yeah. if they gloss over it in some way, it's right, going to Right, exactly. Suck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's what I, that was sort of my fear there. Um, right, so let's... Uh, where else do you guys want to spin off from there? Do you just want to go for what we liked, what we didn't like specifically, or anything else jump out at you guys that you want to talk about? Um, I was always, uh, I guess, under the impression that Dormammu wasn't as worldly as that, I guess. Yeah, it's or celestial, as, as, you mean? Yeah, celestial. <laughs> like um, that. Um, and that he was more of like a, a demon wreathed in flame was more yeah. my thought or my mental picture of Dormammu, I guess. His physical personification gives that appearance in the comics. Um, he's also a sorcerer um, and can make himself appear kind of as he wishes in, in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, like he he doesn't he can appear however the hell he wants. Kind of, kind of like um, I think we talked before about Mephisto doing the same thing and potentially being anybody at this point because he yeah. plays such a huge role moving forward. He can disguise himself, but because he's a sorcerer, he can kind of appear how he wants and to intimidate a new sorcerer to the trade, like Stephen Strange, um, he would probably take on an appearance like that to be as impressive a to put on as impressive an appearance as he possibly could. Um, he, he, but he definitely does kind of have a bit of a Ghost Rider feel in <laughs> his the way he's drawn in the comics. You know, the flaming skull head. Well, it's not a skull, but the flaming head and yeah. wearing mostly black. And yeah, definitely. There. I gotta say, I was a, a little disappointed at his at that presentation of him because that's kind of what I was uh, expecting. I was hoping instead the same we thing. got kind of kind of like a. It felt very. Um, Snoky. I got you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I could see that. Even even like the voice and stuff and like the the facial mannerisms. I it, it was like, did they get um <laughs> Gollum to do this or actually uh <laughs> Cumberbatch um, motion captured for Dormammu. Oh really? Okay. Mm -hmm. I think yeah, his they... reasoning was more or less like since it's Dormammu is sort of like a mirror image of Strange, so he wanted to motion capture for him too. I mean, I was really hoping when he entered, what did they call that, the Dark Dimension? Yeah. Um, that the confrontation with Dormammu would not be that. That the confrontation <laughs> with Dormammu would be the... An actual confrontation. <laughs> right, with like the physical presence of Dormammu. Right. In some way, shape, or form. Even if it was that exact same confrontation that they had, but just give me the visualization of just what like was drawn just in the like comics. two figures, like man to man, like Benedict and then Dormammu, like same yeah. size, face to face, instead of like Benedict in front of like a, a, a ten thousand foot face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he he was it was like a constellation he was battling. Yeah, so. <laughs> it really was. Well, I sort um, of heard too that uh, since the MCU and Marvel do not have Galactus, that they they might be framing Dormammu mm -hmm. to sort of fill that role. 
I would really them rather just wait out Galactus on <laughs> <laughs> on that than go that route to frame that role. Um, so you wouldn't but... want to see Dormammu play a bigger role in the the larger MCU somewhere down the line? Like after Thanos, obviously after probably Thanos is defeated, they need another big bad to fight. Yeah, and I'm, Dormammu, I'm hoping Dormammu fill that void. I don't think he's big enough to fill that void. Um, okay. He never, on his own, was able to threaten the entire Marvel Universe as, like, a combined team. Like, Doctor Strange, Magic, they've all generally been able to handle him on their own. Um, I may be wrong, you know, but as far as I remember, he's never really gone that path um, of being able to do that. Galactus would be incredible if they get the rights back, but who knows when that's going to happen. Um... I think they're more likely to get Fantastic Four than X-Men. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, Fantastic Four is coming back eventually here. It's just a matter of when. Um, but Fingers right, crossed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it really depends on who they get the rights to that will alter it. I mean, if things stay as they are now, you may get, like, a Siege storyline with Norman Osborn. Um yeah, where the the storyline where Norman Osborn becomes president and, you know, kind of everything goes batshit um, because, you know... Sure he like, makes his own, like, Avengers team, but they're full of villains. The Dark Avengers, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, that It would be interesting to see if they went that route because, it, I mean, it, they can go that route because it encompasses a lot of the characters they already have established. You know, I mean, Asgard coming to Earth kind of thing. Um, but I really hope that they get the Fantastic Four back, more so for Doom than for Galactus, but yeah, yeah, Doom, they've at least gotten close to doing right. They, they haven't, but they got close. <laughs> um, Wait, with the... Which... <laughs> the, the, the first time around, not the last one. Okay, the, first okay, the last one. I haven't even seen the disaster. last one, honestly. <laughs> I you haven't need, seen it? We need no. to get oh, both mics need, together we, to watch the, the 2000. Yeah, we need we need to do like a mystery science theater like <laughs> where we put we put a GoPro behind us and we're all on the couch watching this piece of shit movie and <laughs> making fun of it. When it turns up free to watch somewhere, I will probably like if it turns up on Netflix or Hulu for free to watch, I'll probably check it out. I refuse to pay a dime for it. It one oh, point yeah, it was don't, on HBO. Don't. I don't know if it's still there, but it was I on don't. HBO. I I have Amazon, Netflix, Hulu. I don't I don't do cable at all. Okay. So well, I'll let you know if I ever catch it on one of those platforms. <laughs> For anyone that wants to watch it, at one point it was on HBO. It might still be there if you want to subject yourself to that. Yeah, they, but it, Galactus is the one they've never done right ever. It, like they 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 completely destroyed Galactus the first time around with that shot at it. And the nebulous cloud that was Galactus. Yeah. Yeah. That just I thought uh, the Silver Surfer was okay though. Yeah, I didn't mind their portrayal of the Surfer. Um But That was a different time for comic book movies too. I think it, to them it probably would have seemed really hokey to have a giant man in outer space that eats planets. Yeah, so little did they know the that's what we wanted. <laughs> well yeah, yeah. I think I think if that movie was made today, you'd get giant man in space eating planets. Yeah. But the yeah. fact that it was, you know, pre or right at the beginning of the MCU. Yeah. That was before all this stuff really caught on and, and people wanted faithful not that we didn't before, but 
faithful comic comic book adaptations become bankable then. Yes. Yeah. As soon as you had Iron Man, it was bankable. Yeah. yeah they, they realized like, oh, wow, people actually want the comics in movie yeah. form. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'd, other major villains they could go. Kang is always there. Um, Analyst is always there. And there's always bringing the Red Skull back. Yeah. You know, like that. Yeah, we'll have to see what they hint at somewhere around, you know, Infinity War and stuff. Because you figure they're going to put seeds in there for the next one. Once they Probably, start yeah. I, I can't see how they wouldn't. Um, but... Yeah, I mean they're planned up to like 2028, so they they yeah. have a plan. Oh yeah, 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 they they have some sort of plan. Uh, all right, anything else you guys want to touch on? Um, I mean, I would touch on what we spoke of earlier when we were talking about the spoilers and how we're definitely going to be getting a Baron Mordo at some. Is that point. the same? Is that the same guy? Yes. Okay. Yeah, Carl Mordo becomes Baron Mordo, and um. You know, that's he just wants to wipe all sorcerers off the planet. Cause... I, I don't know if that's his motivation in the comics, but that seems like it's going to be his motivation in the movies. Yeah, I think right. I think they did a good job again establishing his motivations for the movie. What I remember from Mordo was there was an animated Doctor Strange movie that was like direct to video. Yes, yes, I remember that. Basically, like went through Doctor Strange's origin and stuff like that. Mordo was part of that. Mordo was. You know, part of the the he was a disciple of the ancient one, and I think it was more sort of like jealousy f- that turned him bad in that movie, where he was thinking he was next in line to become the sorcerer supreme after the ancient one dies, and then this dude that just shows up and starts training becomes the sorcerer supreme after the ancient one, and he looks like he got gypped out of the deal and holds a grudge against Strange and becomes a bad guy. That was, I think, how it played out in the animated movie. Whether or not that was closer to the comic book or not, but that was at least one of his types of motivations. At, at, you know, a different, different. Uh, what the hell am I looking for? Um, different movie. Sure, so we'll go with that. <laughs> I don't know why I, I couldn't think of that word. The, I mean, so, that was something. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say that they never really established Doctor Strange as the Sorcerer Supreme in this movie. No, I don't okay. think they ever call him that, no. No. I mean, that was something that I actually don't know about the Doctor Strange universe, is like, but what I did know of it is more recent stuff. And was the Ancient One in the comics ever actually the one to hand over the Sorcerer Supreme title to Doctor Strange? Because I've in the comics I've read, I've never actually seen a physical embodiment of the Ancient One. I always assumed he kind of talks to it through a mirror and you know I, I didn't realize that he had actually trained directly with the ancient one I'm trying to uh, remember I feel like, like the movie the, at least the animated movie had him training with an ancient one like an actual okay. person unless it unless I'm remembering him you know thinking he was training with a person then that person wasn't actually there if it was one of those type of things but it's been a while since I watched it but I do remember him like having conversations and training with a, a old guy. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that that was something I just, I didn't read his origin comic, so I don't know. Um, 
if there was ever actually a physical embodiment that he dealt with. Yeah. Yeah, like, is there going to be, like, a sorcerer committee to establish who <laughs> will be the sorcerer supreme? Because <laughs> as far as we know, he's just, what, the guardian of the New York, um, what did they call it? Um, uh, sanctum. The Sanctum. Sanctum, Sanctorum yeah. is, is yeah. his home. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they, that was also something they showed that uh, maybe some people wouldn't pick up. Don't ask me why I know this, but they show the address on Bleecker Street. And that's yeah. his address for the Doctor Strange's address. Yes, I, I, was I thought it looked familiar, but I wasn't sure why. I, I was hoping they'd throw in like a, a stupid, ridiculous like Easter egg and just change it from Bleecker Street and make it just have him be at two twenty one B Baker Street and just I, for the hell of it. When I saw the address, that was sort of what I was thinking too. The <laughs> yeah, Sherlock like, Holmes reference. Oh yeah, I mean, that, like definitely at some point we're getting some sort of joke between him and uh, Robert Downey Jr. about Sherlock. Oh, yeah, because they both are <laughs> Sherlock. <laughs> you, like, it's going to happen where, you know, like, it, it's going to be one of those things where it's just subtle, and it's going to be where one of them says to the other, like, oh, no shit, Sherlock. And, <laughs> like, they're just going to, like, look at each other, give them give the eye, and be like, and then move on. But it, it, it's going to be fun when it happens, and... Probably Infinity War, I yeah, would Yeah, I was going to say, Infinity War. We're going to have to wait for Infinity War. Yeah, it's only a couple years. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting for it since, I don't know, Avengers, when they finally released it was going to be Thanos, so... Yeah. It's a long time to wait, but it, it better be <laughs> damn good, because of all the damn build-up, so... Uh, yeah, going back to Mordo, I think, uh, like we said, I think they set him up pretty good. Like, being the the strict guy that's trying to really follow the rules and then sees all these people that he respects, or at least the ancient one he respects, breaking all those rules and bending all those rules to accomplish their goals, and he doesn't like that too much. So, yeah, yeah I, I completely buy his motivations and, and where he's trying to go and the turn for his character, and it was one of those things I think I was waiting for the entire movie since sort of knowing a little bit about Mordo going in, I knew he was supposed to be a bad guy, so I didn't know what was going to yeah. finally make him turn. So yeah, I liked I liked the way they set that up and paid that off. Yeah, I mean, I was expecting it to be at some point in this movie where Mordo turned to a bad guy, and you actually had to deal with him in this movie, not in a subsequent movie down the line wherever yeah. he ends up turning up. Um, so I, I was surprised by that, but they also kept it pretty well under wraps that they were going to use Dormammu in this movie because yeah. in, until yeah. they told you, oh, Dormammu's gonna, like, they mention his name, it's like, oh, yes, Dormammu's the villain, this is gonna be <laughs> sweet. Um, until that time, I had no idea that they were definitely gonna do it, so, that was nice, at least. As much as I would have liked to have seen, like, a, like a, sort of a physical confrontation with Dormammu, I thought it was really cool that Doctor Strange outsmarted him. Oh, yeah. I, I thought that was, I thought... I mean, as much as I wanted to see, like, the fire-wreathed head and, and all that stuff, I thought it was really cool. <laughs> Dormammu, I've come to negotiate. <laughs> yeah. Dormammu, oh, the, I've come I to negotiate. That was a great that. comedic scene when they, yeah. they're just showing the thousand different ways that Dormammu yeah. kills him. <laughs> like, just shot after shot of him dying. It's like, yeah. oh, that's just fun. <laughs> I mean, Reminds me of uh, Edge of Tomorrow, just watching yeah. Tom Cruise yeah. die over die and over, and over again. again. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta watch that movie again. It's been a while. Oh, it's a great movie. Good. I love. I love. Yeah. I love Edge of Tomorrow. It, but I think another major point for the MCU we have to discuss 
is the Eye of Agamotto being an Infinity Stone. Oh, yeah, stone. the Infinity Stone. Yeah, definitely. That, that I would, we're the, we're up to five, last? right? We got one more. Yeah, yeah. That, that, so it's, we're that, just missing one? Yeah, that's going to be the Time Stone, obviously. Um, so that's got to be Guardians, right? Guardians 2 or Thor? It's got to be one of those two movies. It could be Captain yeah. Marvel. Do you, well, I'm trying to think, like, what type of... Go- thing could could the time stone be used as a plot device in one of those movies well i feel like it um, makes sense was for, it for the Guardians. eye of agamotto the, the eye of agamotto is the time stone is the time stone oh wait which one because he, okay. he was I'm altering sorry, time with the eye of agamotto so yeah i was gonna say that is the time stone yeah i'm thinking for i blanked out i was thinking that was the one we still need as far as i what? know the last one we need is the reality stone isn't it no, I think reality. Uh, shit. No, was that the ether? Because they, they. Yeah, I think it was the ether. Okay, so you have the power stone from Guardians, the first Guardians. Yeah, it's the purple one. Um, you have the time stone in the Eye of Agamotto. Green one. The the tesseract. Um, did they define what that one was? That was like the space space, space stone. stone. No, no, wasn't it the mine? Didn't have something no, the, to do the with mind mi- control. The, the mind stone was the, the thing in Loki's scepter. Okay, which is now implanted in Vision's head. In Vision's right. head, right? So that's and, four. And then you have the Eye of Agamotto as the time stone. Is five. Well, we already mentioned that one. I thought the Eye, the Aether, the Tesseract, the Power Stone, and Loki's scepter is five. Okay. Yeah. So we have a sixth one coming, which should be, so then you have space, reality, time, mind, power, and power. What's the last one? I should have looked at a list before I did this, because <laughs> it, it, now I can't think of what the hell the last one is. Isn't there could a spirit stone? in your stone? encyclopedia? Oh, yeah. Are the, infinity, are the infinity stones in your encyclopedia? I gotta grab it. I was gonna say, I can just... Uh, or Google it, see if that yeah. makes it quicker. I'll have to like check the index and like do book things. <laughs> do book things. <laughs> damn damn you book things. Life before the internet. Okay, so publication history description. Okay. Bust out the Dewey decimal system over here. We're we're, mi- <laughs> we're missing the soul stone. Okay. Um so you you have time, space, mind, reality, and power. Accounted for, and we're missing the soul stone. Um, so, what makes the ether the reality stone? I don't know. That's the fuzziest one for me. That's the one I'm. I'm yeah. not really sure how that fits. Yeah, the ether was the one that confused me too. Because <laughs> um, they're the, like lining I, I up think, dimensions and stuff, so I don't know. Right, it gives they're so lining many up power re- still, so I don't know how it deals well, they with all reality. Give, they they all grant powers. Um, like if you notice, like he uses the eye of Agamotto, but he does not ever actually touch the stone. Yeah, because it's, it's encapsulated in that in right. the eye uh, pendant. So if he were to have actually touched the stone, he's using a spell to control it. Um, if he touched it, it would probably have done something similar to him to what you see happen to Ronin, to happen to Malekith. Right, um, right, okay. So. The ethers being the reality stone, I think just. What was Malekith trying to? I don't even remember what the hell he was trying to do in that movie. He, like, he was 
trying to turn everything back to dark during so that the dark elves could take over again and yeah. it had to so be I guess during the alignment be... of the realms so i guess cuz it's the nine realms it could be the reality stone i <laughs> it, it was a convoluted idea to have it be the reality stone yeah or but, you know, it's a way for him to like shape reality somehow using its power. Um, maybe. We're I stretching he, here. I think. Intent, but... I thought his intent was to destroy the realities and leave just the dark world, so yeah, okay. the dark elves could. Yeah, that may, maybe that rule. makes more sense. But it, well, it makes more sense for his motives, but it doesn't make sense as to how it's reality stone. Well, yeah. But he's, you know, he's not the strongest villain in the MCU, so we can't really. The more we you know, dwell on this, the more we're just pointing out how bad of a villain Malekith is. You know, the guy that played him, I can't remember his name. Christopher Eccleston. Um, yes, it I thought it was a fantastic choice to be a villain for the Marvel universe, and I feel like they just chose the wrong villain. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, like he, he was somebody you had, you know, great casting, great actor. And you just were like, well, who do we got left for Thor? Yeah, throw Malekith in. Let's do, let's do Malekith and make it the him. The freaking uh, cursed guy. The the brute that, like, takes that stone and, like, crushes cursed. it and becomes real powerful. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's Killer Croc, isn't it? Yeah. That villain was better than Malekith. And he doesn't do anything but just run around and punch things. Curse was an awesomely powerful villain in the comics. I Like, I love Curse in the comics. And they did a good job with Curse in that movie. Because he wasn't really anything but an overpowering evil brute. Right. That's what I mean. Like, and, I, I enjoyed that one. They they almost feel like they fleshed him out better than Malekith. Yeah. And it, Malekith, I... <laughs> it just, it didn't work. That's all. It just didn't work. But nonetheless, now we have five Infinity Stones. <laughs> and <laughs> what they're going to do for a Soul Gem, I think, is an interesting thing to talk about because I, I, I don't think they're going to put a second one that the guardians deal with. Um, That's true. That was like the focal point of the first one. So why make them go after another one for the second one? But right. they've referenced Thor going back to check on infinity stones multiple times now. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking it's probably going to be Ragnarok. Yeah, but at the same time, like, he had to deal with an Infinity Stone in the, in his second movie, so would they make him deal with another one? Do they ever actually say that that's an... Oh, they do say it's because he gives it to the Collector. Yeah. yeah, well, he does, and they also say that when, when he makes mention... gives that mention, speech, too, doesn't he? Yeah, we've now seen the, the ether. we've seen, you know, he lists them out, the ones they had seen to that point. I can't remember at what point the speech was given, but he lists out what is already turned up, and... Yeah, actually, it probably <clears throat> I I I'm sort of narrowing it down. I think I think the logical choice now probably is Ragnarok, just just sort of by going with. I don't think because the the Power Stone was such a focal point for Guardians. I don't think they'd do another one. I would I'd, I'd be highly surprised if they did another one there. I think somewhere in the course of Thor's adventure, he'll come across the sixth one. And I would be. think it probably has to be in Thor. Because Captain Marvel comes within the break between the two Avengers movies. Like, we get Infinity War, and then Captain Marvel comes after. So... Well, I, I honestly don't think that that's necessarily the case, because it, it could very easily be that Infinity War is Thanos hunting down the Infinity Stones. Right. But I do believe... it. 
and it it's gets sort of in my mind for, for Infinity War, yeah. the way that plot of that movie in my mind is going to go is that Thanos, by the beginning of that movie, knows where all six are. It's him hunting them down, and by the third act of the movie, he gets all six, puts them in the gauntlet, and just wrecks shit. And that's yeah. where it ends. Right, decimates the Avengers. and Yeah, Empire that, Strikes Back that, ending. That scene from uh, Age of Ultron comes true. Yeah, exactly. You know, okay. Um, so with that in mind... The, uh, the scene where the Scarlet Witch messes with uh, uh, yeah. Iron Man's head. And oh, okay. Oh, I gotcha. He sees everybody dead on, like, the floating throne in space. I gotcha. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so that's sort of where I see that movie ending. So with that being the case, the sixth stone would have to show up before then, so Thanos can go ahead and use it with all the other ones and wipe everybody out. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a likely plot to me. (laughs) Um, I just... Because the kicker is that... When that movie comes out, or when that movie's made, Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, and Robert Downey Jr. are at the end of their contracts. Yeah. So they could technically wipe those three characters out, and they don't have to come back. That's I'm, I'm this, sorry. Uh, that's a that's a very. Uh, I think I should have um, tear the, just the, there. Depressing. <laughs> well, here's concept. the thing, because. Comic books kill characters all the time. They always come back somewhere later down the line. I do think it would be good for a movie-going audience to wipe those three characters out and have them stay dead for a while. I think that would raise the stakes for everyone else involved. It solves your recasting problem because you don't want to recast these characters after these guys played them so well. And you have enough characters built up in the MCU now that can sort of fill the gap. Like, you can have Doctor Strange step up, and Black Panther step up, and Captain Marvel step up, and all these people There's another build option, another Avengers way. team. Black Panthers could be where the Soul Gem turns up. Do we want another... Do you think there's going to be another Soul Gem on Earth, though? Um, yeah, I feel like it has to be somewhere else. I think there's enough to it, It's got to be, like, on, in a different realm or, or cosmically, right? Well, where yeah, even even Maybe. the five that we mentioned, like where where are they at currently? Okay, well, uh, one um, is on Earth. It's in Vision's head. Yeah, yeah. One is with the collector. The collector's uh, blown one... to pieces. Yeah, is it though? Because his place got leveled in the explosion. Yeah, and Guardians, his place is destroyed. <laughs> so he had the ether. So the ether may or may not be. It's unaccounted for. Stuff. Yeah. It, it it could be with Thanos by now, for all we know. That one could already be with him. Yeah, so the Tesseract is in the, the vault at Valhalla, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, Loki's, Loki's, we already established his envision. Yeah, yeah. The, power, the power stone is with the uh, Nova Corps. With Nova Corps. Uh, which one are we missing? Are we missing? Oh, the Tyre. Oh, the 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 yeah, the Iowa Agment is, is with... Uh, so that one's on Earth, thing? too. So we got two on Earth. Yeah. Yeah. Two on Earth, one in Asgard, one with the Nova Corps, and the one that is unaccounted for. Okay. So they're they're spread out fairly well. Yeah. Yeah, I would say they are. In... Yeah, I would say you're right. It's probably not going to be in Black Panther, but it, it also... I, see I mean, it... it could... I'm not... I'm... I'm just guessing, but it it could very well be in in Black Panther. So, 
I mean, my guess would be is that, you know, in the comics, Wakanda is the most technologically advanced society on Earth. And I see them playing off of that is the Soul Gem is the reason for that. They draw the power from the Soul Gem to okay. drive their technological advancement. Um, just a, is an easy way for them to explain why Wakanda is the most technologically advanced nation on Earth. See, I kind of like that just the Wakandans are very smart, and they can build and invent all that stuff on their own. I feel like it takes I, away from that culture if you're like, oh, by the way, they did all this stuff because of Alien Gem. I, I, I like the idea of it, um, and when they wrote it, it worked, but in today's world, does it really work for one nation to have all this crazy technology that they're not marketing around the world? I, I see your point, but I'm sort of going with just the, the type of character that uh, Black Panther brings to Civil War. Nothing about him says, I'm a money... Like, our culture is obsessed with money and we need to sell everything that we're making and... Well, then turn maybe not profit. even necessarily sell for profit, but just to make the world a better place. I mean... Well, that was the whole thing with have. Civil War, too, is that they were such a secluded culture that finally just started to step into the world light... And that's when they got blown up, and then it became a bigger issue for them. Yeah. I mean, it's also something they didn't really establish as to, you know... it. I mean, I'm sure they're going to in the movie, Black Panther, but, you know, how he draws his power as it is. Because he's obviously not just an athletic human to be able to keep up with and catch up with Captain America. Yeah. Uh, in a foot race. Like, that's... You're, you're not just Usain Bolt doing that. You know, it's <laughs> not... You, it's not going to happen that way. So, I don't, I don't know. It, it, there could be a lot of ways this thing turns up, and I I think we could see it in any of the movies coming up. Yeah, I think I it's say, possible. I, I was just going to say, Black Panther would surprise me. I think that that's the least likely place I would expect it to show up, but if it does, that would be a fun little surprise, I think. Like, you're so expecting it in one of these cosmic movies, and it just shows up somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That, that you know, I when the, when I first watched Thor: The Dark World, and they, you know, the first time you watch, I did not expect them to use the ether as a infinity stone. Yeah, like, but then they did. Well, just and the fact that like, it wasn't a okay. stone, <laughs> right? Well, yeah, I mean, exactly. It was. I don't even know what you'd call it. It wasn't really fluid. It wasn't really solid. Um, but yeah. I wonder if the the soul gem won't even just be introduced in Infinity War Part One. I mean, that, yeah, that, that, as, as, that could be like, like the opening act, like something that we've grown accustomed to not being as the soul gem is the soul gem, and then they're like, "Oh, it's been hiding in plain sight this whole time." Like, and oh, that'd be now a fun Thanos little twist. Has it, and then you're just like, "Oh shit, that was an <laughs> Infinity Stone." You know, yeah. I, I couldn't tell you what that could be, but I could see them using that. The first arc that. reactor. Yeah, <laughs> just like what the fuck? Holy he cre hell. he <laughs> created the soul the soul gem and started this whole process because now the sixth infinity stone that was prophesized had been created. Uh, <laughs> so you know, it, they already told you the rest of the you know the gems were created <laughs> already, but it, it would just be hilarious. That's all. <laughs> Yeah, that would be a fun. That would be like the first act of the movie, and then like your mind is blown after the first act, and you're like, "What? It's gonna get better from here?" Yeah, what? you're like, "Holy crap!" There you go. 
Uh, we should write that movie for them. Uh, see, now you got me thinking of things that could be. Like <laughs> <laughs> now you've got my mind working on that, and I'm like, oh, now, it's now probably Mike's gonna not be really that, disappointed but... when it's not that. <laughs> it's just like he just shows up as a rock somewhere, and he's like, "Damn it!" And he told me it's gonna be something fun. <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, that, you know that, that that's kind of like you know, anytime you're watching wrestling and uh, somebody from way back when shows up again and the crowd goes insane because I don't know Hulk Hogan returned again. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh my god, it was that. That that would be fun, you know. They, yeah, I, mean, I think it would be fun. To, to me, the most fun thing that they do is when if they take a character you never expect to show up in these movies. And they keep it hidden in secret for as long as they can, and have that character pop up out of nowhere. That would be amazing. Uh, you know, what I mean, a yeah. character they have kept under wraps that they're gonna do. Like, just just think how insane it would be if Hugh Jackman turns up and pops the claws in Avengers: <laughs> Infinity War. Like, that would be really awesome. Carrying exactly. the soul gem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Soul gem, <laughs> even better. He is the soul gem. It's not. It's not even a stone. It's just Wolverine. He, he it's turns at the up. End of his, it's at the end of a cigar. He's smoking. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what color is the soul gem? Do we know? Um, what's left? On, I, orange. I can. Yeah, orange. Orange is the soul gem. But they, I don't think they followed the colors. Yeah, I think the color scheme for the comics is different. Each each color yeah. represents a different stone so they changed it slightly for the movies yeah the 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 red is power uh yellow is reality blue is mind purple is space they kept green as time though so yeah no they're good may well be that i mean an orange isn't out there now for what they've done so i would guess orange is going to be the color um but i you know where it's going to turn up what it's going to be could be fun and interesting to find out. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> since I don't know how much time we, we have left with Andy, uh, anything else that you want to touch on, Andy? Do you want to go? Should we go through like characters or anything like that, or anything specific you want to talk about? Um, well, what did you guys think of uh, Tilda Swinton? I thought she was great. I yeah. thought she did a really good job too. I mean, I, I, there has not been much that she's done so far that in any movie where I'm just like, oh, she was awful in that. She's pretty much awesome in what she does. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed her in Constantine too. Yeah. She, I mean, that that's one of those movies that, you know, doesn't get a lot of credit, but it, it deserves it somewhat. I, I, I do really like that movie. Um, it, it, but as far as her role in Dr. Strange, yeah, it, it was spot on. She played it the correct way, like, you know, the Ancient One is emotionless, but has that joy in her heart, and that was, you know, and you could tell that she was a peaceful person and happy about it, but very emotionless, you know, just acted the way that, you know, uh, gives you a sense, I'm I'm trying to put it into words, (laughs) Has a purpose and knows what that purpose is and knows it's right, but acts through that purpose without malice in any way. Um, I thought that was a very good performance. Yeah, I think she served that mentor role pretty well. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, she kind of has that about her. You know, like when she she plays that kind of role well, seemingly in any movie. I think it's partly her voice and presence that lend to that. She has a very soothing voice. Yeah, she does. Um, also, the cloak of levitation was awesome. <laughs> yes, yes, I've seen that, that was, being that compared to cool. like the magic carpet from Aladdin. <laughs> I can yeah. see that. Yeah, Which, the, I mean, poking them on the shoulder and <laughs> yeah, like once I heard that, I was like, that fits it perfectly. <laughs> it, it, to me, he's like I, wiping away his tears and stuff, and he's like, yeah, just yeah. stop it. <laughs> well, it, it had almost like a BB-8 feel to me too. Yeah, like, yeah, like a very like, oh, look at this, go here, look here, <laughs> you know, and it had that. It didn't even have a face of any kind. Like BB-8, at least had a little bit of that going on, but there was no thing to give you a any face there on the cloak and it still had that character to it there it still felt like a character which was fun yeah so i mean i think the only other thing we didn't really touch on is gaecilius himself um which i was gonna ask too about him do you think he was a one of the better villains we've had in the mcu did they sort of like fix their villain problem with him or do you think he's just kind of I don't know, goes through the same tropes as all the other villains, like, sort of like Malekith, like we were talking about. Um, I'll let Andy go on this one. <laughs> um, I, I liked him, but uh, I, I feel like they probably could have fleshed him out a little bit more. Um, I think they did a better job with him than a lot of the other villains. Like, I would say he's, I wouldn't say he's my favorite villain, but he's, he's, Higher up in the pack than, let's say, like Yellow Jacket and Malekith, and um, uh, who are some of the other crummy ones? Whiplash. Whip Whiplash was <laughs> terrible. Yeah. Um, Iron Monger wasn't all that good either. So. No, but I mean, the dude as a villain was kind of hard not to. Get yeah, no, I love, I love, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love Jeff Bridges. Don't get me wrong, but. Um, yeah, I, I do mean, think I, they did a better job with uh, what the I can't even say his name. What's his name? Cali Cali, Kate Casius Kate. What the fuck? Guy Silius Guy Silius with a G. I thought it was a K. I thought it was Casius. I, I thought it was, it was a G. Either Andy, way, Andy, where's the rolling K or G? I was gonna go G. Oh Guy damn Silius. it! All right. <laughs> <laughs> um. I feel the, like the, and that funky stuff they did with his eyes, man. Even when he was crying, like like wow. Yeah, like, yeah. That, that was pretty crazy. Like, I don't know if that was actual makeup or if that was CG, but holy fuck, that looked awesome. I think a little of both, probably. Yeah. I would say, I mean, for me, the character, well, he was a good villain, and I think he ranks in the middle of the pack, the upper middle, maybe, of what they've done with Marvel villains so far. But I would say the only reason for that is probably because they messed a few up. Um, I think Whiplash was just a bad choice of a villain. Malekith was a bad choice. The Ironmonger was a bad choice. Um, you know, I, I think they could have chose better villains and put Gaecilius closer to the bottom of the pack. Um, I wasn't blown away by the performance in any way. Like you were the first time you watched Loki, uh, in yeah. Thor, you know, that was a, incredible performance that it was like okay now we have a real villain in a superhero movie or 
even the Red Skull, you know, the that Hugo Weaving was incredible. Um, that those performances kind of set the right tone to me where this was just, you know, it was on the upper level of the ho-hum villains, in my opinion. Yeah, I think, yeah. I Yeah, somewhere middle of the pack, I think, for me, too. I think he did do a pretty good job. I think they they fleshed him out enough, so I think you, you understood what he was doing. And, I, you know, try to... I guess I... I could understand or get on board with his motivations better than some of the other villains. Like, like we talk about Malekith, I don't even what the fuck he was trying to do, <laughs> but this guy, I, I can, um, what they showed enough was enough for me to get on board with. Okay. I understand why he's doing what he's doing and what he's trying to accomplish. Um, but I, I think they, they set up Mordo to, to be a better Loki type villain. I think yeah. just having him, yeah. having a little bit more of him now, like setting him up and now he's going to turn into the villain. Any any villain they can bring back for multiple movies is only going to help their villain problem. So the fact that yeah. Mordo didn't die and he, they're setting him up to bring him back later, that's only going to help their, their villain problem. I just hope they don't go crossbones on it because I, I didn't really feel like they did a very good job. Oh, that's true. I guess they him, did bring him back for multiple back. movies and he didn't really do anything either. Yeah, he did He did squat that last time. <laughs> it just, like he, he blew up in midair Ooh. and destroyed that building. It was just kind of like, yeah, this is stupid. Well, the, the problem for me with Crossbones was is the the role that he plays in the Marvel universe. He's the guy that pulls the trigger to kill Captain America, and we got an intro ass beating of Crossbones as his major role as a villain. You know, like his turn as a, a super villain was a brief intro to Civil War, and it was like. Uh, for the guy that kills Captain America, it didn't feel like enough. You know, Crossbones is not a great villain among comic book villains, but no, but he I mean, has he, they they really kind of yeah <laughs> yeah yeah they they spit that one out there and they just kind of let it be what it was. Uh, so but, for the record, I went on IMDb. It is K Silius with a K. Okay. Oh. Nailed it. <laughs> um, That's honestly a villain I don't think I've ever run into in a comic that I read, so... Yeah, I, I knew nothing about him either. No. How uh, about uh, that Mads Michelson, though? He's He was in Doctor Strange, pretty big movie this year, and he's also going to be in fucking Rogue One. Yeah, yeah. big roles big in year, both, Big too. year for that, dude, huh? Yeah, yeah, he's having a big year. And he, wasn't yeah. he... Uh, he was Hannibal, wasn't he? Yep. Yeah. In the show. Yeah, the show, the television show. He was Hannibal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, he he's on a bit of a roll for somebody that's a fairly you know previously no name type of guy that he was in movies and you saw him there, but he didn't play a huge role. He was also a James yeah. Bond villain. Yeah. Um, oh, he was great in uh, Casino Royale. I thought he was a good yeah. villain. Yeah. He was one of the good things about that movie. Yeah, you know, like they it was he he's an up and comer. I would say at this point. He's kind of getting there now, I would say. You know, being the main villain here and having the Rogue One role coming up. Yeah, I think so, yeah he's gonna have a good role in Rogue. Good role in Rogue One. So I'm, I mean, I'm just anxious to see a Star Wars movie. So I'm looking forward to that. Oh, yeah, you're always anxious to all. see a Star Wars movie. Yeah, yeah, I can't go wrong with that. <laughs> and we're gonna be getting one a year for some time now, so we can sate that need. <laughs> Um, one thing I wanted to get on 
we I guess we sort of talked about Cumberbatch, but how did you guys feel about Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange? Oh, I thought he I thought he did an excellent job. I I mean, I was hoping they were going to choose him for Doctor Strange long before they casted him. He did and seem he, like the dream casting for a while there. Yeah, he, he didn't disappoint at all. Um like I said, the American accent thing I, it wasn't his choice to do that, I'm sure. So I can't fault him for that. I felt like he acted the character great because Doctor Strange really does take that turn to being a dick. Um, That much I do know about the character is he does become a a jackass for a while. Yeah. And (laughs) yeah, yeah, he he really kind of like Tony Stark goes through the alcoholic period. You know, he goes through the asshole period and (laughs) he played that very well. You know, like the, the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? I should know this word. This is not chemistry. <laughs> the, the chemistry between him and Rachel McAdams was, it was there enough that the tension felt real between the two of them. Um, and I think that's a great credit to both of them in acting because you didn't get a whole lot of relationship building between the two of them. No, you, they just kind of talked about it like it was in the past already. Yeah, and, and when he treats her like shit, you actually, I mean, at least I did, felt bad for her at that point. You felt like, yeah. what the hell is he doing? Why would he do this to this person that's so good to him? And it's like, right. wait, I don't even know that she's been good to him. We've seen like three <laughs> seconds of this relationship. So you, you come to find out later that she actually gives him a watch that was engraved. So, I mean, obviously they had something going on. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, at the time, she, you know, she's bringing a guy who's handicapped groceries, and, you know, it's kind of like, okay, she's helping this dude out, and she wants more out of it, and he doesn't, and then he's just like, fuck you. Yeah, he literally, that's about as best you can say, he does say, fuck you. Yeah. Uh, What'd you guys think of uh, Rachel McAdams? Because the the superhero girlfriends don't get a lot to do in a lot of these movies. Do you think she was utilized well or underutilized? Um, I think she plays about as big a role in this as she did in the comics. Um, because once again, it's a character that you, you experience Doctor Strange in other comics and other major stories and any stories I've read of Doctor Strange, I never really experienced that character. Um, so I would say she probably doesn't play that big of a role in the comics. I don't. I don't feel like Doctor Strange is the type that has a love interest. He seems yeah. more Jedi in that sense to me. <laughs> um, but uh, Andy, you got anything to add for Rachel McAdams? Uh, I mean, I thought she did good with what she had, um, and they kept bringing her back too, which was uh, which I thought was kind of um, like she was gone for a while, and then he was back, and she was gone, she was back, you know, or he kept going back to her, I guess, to, to get medical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, help. So, I don't know. She she felt kind of night nursey to me. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure that character is the night nurse in the comics, but they've established the night nurse as okay. Rosario Dawson, so they had to do a different version for the movie. I I mean that was one thing I will take issue with. It wasn't not her fault. Just the writing of the movie is that she seemed all too quickly to accept what was going on with him. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it seemed yeah. far too easy for her to be like, oh, there's an astral projection of you telling me where to put th- this shot into your chest. 
okay, I'm not going to <laughs> run terrified into the night because you're a fucking ghost or something. Like, it, it, uh, it, yeah, it felt far too simple. She sees the portal and she's just like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> stunned, but not freaking out in any way. I mean, that would be like, think about that. If so, it, it, Think about a friend who's sleeping and all of a sudden just pops up in the spirit form. It's like, <laughs> hey. I, yeah, uh, it, pretty it, much like that's like faint time, you know? You're just like, ah, <laughs> oh, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, out. Everything I'm you done. know about reality just went whew, gone. Yeah. <laughs> bye bye's. <laughs> to have an, oh, all right, well, I'll get back to doing this. <laughs> um, that's just how good you, she is at her job. Uh, Nothing she's phases dedicated. her. Dedicated. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the same character that was supposed to have had uh, taken care of Daredevil, and this I, was... I feel like it was. I don't. Now I'm trying to. I might be saying something that's not true, but I thought the nice night nurse character maybe dealt more with Doctor Strange, and then they sort of brought her, brought that character into the Defenders universe. That's maybe okay. why well, they... Do- wasn't Doctor Strange one of the Defenders at one point, though? He was the leader of the Defenders, originally. But then none of the characters that really, the, other than Luke Cage, that they have as the Defenders for uh, Netflix were original Defenders. The Defenders were much more powerful than what they're dealing with on Netflix. Okay. I mean, it, it was like... I think we had this conversation before uh, when we talked about Luke Cage, but, I mean, it was... Doctor Strange, the Hulk, um, Luke Cage, and there there was a fourth founding member of the Defenders, and I it's I'm losing it. I can't think of it. <laughs> um, but it, they were they were not defenders of New York. They were defenders against much more powerful villains. They they weren't street level in any way. They were more. I'm not. I don't want to say cosmic level, but similar. You know, like much more upscale threats than just threatening. So they were much more. They were much closer to the Avengers than the current. Yes. Netflix defenders are. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so we'll have to double check on Night Nurse where she came from and stuff because I'm not exactly sure. That might be something that we we talk about sometime later or bring up later. Uh, but I think we actually have to cut you loose now, right? Yes, indeed. I need to get to work, unfortunately. Always running off to work. I know. It's balls. <laughs> <laughs> well, either way, thanks for coming on. Oh, yeah. Thanks. I enjoyed the talk. It's and, been nice. Uh, yeah, we'll yeah. catch up with you another time. Yeah, sounds good. See ya. Mm-hmm. All right, later, catch you guys later. All right, so we are short one man. We're down to two. We're going to try to see if Mike and I can hold this down and wrap this up a little bit. I feel like there's a couple other topping, talking points I wanted to touch on. When they, speaking of what you just said, there was one that came to mind for me earlier talking about Baron Mordo, and that was, is he going kind of like the Highlander route of, you know, there can be only one? There can one, be only one. <laughs> or, or is he going to eliminate other sorcerers and then kill himself because there should be none? Um <laughs> I, you know, I think just he's, a fun he's little trying thing. to. I, I wouldn't be. I don't think he's trying to take out everybody. I think he's trying to take out everybody that breaks the rules. Okay. So if he finds other sorcerers that are playing within his rules, 
they could he could recruit them. So he, maybe he even gets a little bit of an army the next time we see him, and it's not just him. That would be nice. That would be interesting. But, you know, because Strange is a little bit more flexible and does what he feels is right to accomplish his goals, whether or not it's uh, strictly, you know, quote-unquote right, I guess. He, he's uh, he, he's using the ends justify the means thing. Right, yeah. Uh, so he falls outside of Mordo's set of rules. So, you know, he might even... I'm wondering if Mordo would, like, save Doctor Strange to be the last one to take out type of thing. I mean, that might be how it works just for story purposes in the movie. Sure. That, but, you know, there could be a logical reason for him, too, to to leave Doctor Strange as the last one. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I think it, it, it on that note, it was an interesting turn for Wong himself to be a sorcerer. Yeah. Um... And is, is he not one in the comics? No, he's just kind of a servant. Um, okay. He, like he's kind of like Doctor Strange's Jarvis, as far as I know. Uh, okay, um, okay. I, I don't know the whole origin story of Wong, if there ever was one told. Um, but as far as I know, he was just kind of. I think they call him a manservant, actually. Yeah, which probably wouldn't have flowed real well as far as the movie is concerned. <laughs> no, no, but of course not. They're already um, getting a lot of shit for like whitewashing the movie and stuff like that. They did. Yeah. Well, I think maybe even specifically for like the ancient one. But then it's like it's a it's a lose lose situation with them because if they cast a Chinese actor to play the ancient one, then it's like, oh, you're playing to stereotypes. But if they cast Tilda Swinton, then they get hit for whitewashing because they're not playing to what the character actually is. Yeah, I don't like that double standard of it. And I also don't like, I mean, that was part of the reason that they didn't want to do the Mandarin. Uh, I remember that being a big deal. And I was like, listen, they call him the Mandarin because he's from the Mandarin region of China. Um... That that's where his castle or whatever he has his fortress, whatever you want to call it, um, is. And I, I, you know, I like. Don't get me wrong. I like the idea of changing it over to being a terrorist organization. I thought that was cool. Ben Kingsley was awesome as the Mandarin. Yeah. I I loved his tr- turn as Trevor. It was <laughs> fantastic. But the the idea of backing off of the Mandarin because it's an Asian character that you don't want to portray as an Asian to me is like, so they're not backing off of the black Panther being a black dude. <laughs> so what, what is the problem with the Mandarin being an Asian guy? I didn't understand that one yeah. bit there. You know, there's some of it where it's like open source casting in a movie's cast with, you know, all white people. And it's kind of like, okay, what are you doing? You know, like, <laughs> the, yeah. you know, something that doesn't have source material. It's like, you know, I don't have a problem with them casting, you know, uh, anybody to play any role. You know, it's just certain roles. Just go with what you should go with. You know, like, I I don't know. To, to me, it just seemed it, that whole argument of one way and the other. We shouldn't cast a, a woman to play, or they shouldn't be writing a woman in to be Thor. They shouldn't be this. And it's like, who cares what they do with the character? Read the comic. Is it good? Yeah. Good enough. They always uh, make a, but, a story decision as to why that happens. And if you read the stories, you'll understand exactly why they're trying to do what they're doing. 
Right. Yeah, they're explaining it. Like, why is the new... Like, I, I just remember... I think it's probably the most recent one that they did was having X-23 take up the mantle as the Wolverine. And it's like, okay, yeah. they did that because they killed Wolverine. Yeah, because so, Old Man Logan's still floating around. Like, he's part of the, the universe, so they needed someone as a younger Wolverine type, and she's the, the all-new Wolverine. Right. And, and it's like, that's, that's why they did it, is there is no Wolverine now, and that was the closest thing she had to family, so she said, I'm taking up his mantle. You know, like, it's like, okay, this makes sense. Just go with it. But, yeah. I don't know. As far as whitewashing the movie goes because of Tilda Swinton, um... Which, considering at that final battle, like, you get a shot of Wong, who's probably, what, a Chinese actor. You get Benedict Cumberbatch representing the white guy, and Baron Mordo representing the black guy. All three of them you lined didn't up together, even try fighting to say together. His, you didn't even try to say his real name. I like that. I would butcher it myself. Yeah, Chidi, Chidi, would you four? Ch- yeah. Chibotel, I, would you something along those lines? I, I know how it's spelled in my mind. I can see how it's, I always see it wrote down, but <laughs> I don't know how to say it. I've never actually, I don't think I've ever actually heard somebody say his name properly. It's kind of like Jamon Huansu. Until <laughs> I heard somebody say that name, I did not know how to say it. <laughs> so I just didn't. It was like, you know, I don't want to offend anybody by trying to say it and getting it way wrong. So I like to call him CE every now and again. There you go. Just, that works. It's easier. I mean, or we from we can just call him Mordo from now on. And yeah, that work. works. We'll know him as Mordo. Yeah, I mean, but actually, I don't I think, think... that's something we talked about yet is that final battle of the whole like going in reverse, but being in mm-hmm. real time fight sequence. That thing was awesome. I don't think I've seen anything like that in a movie before. It, it they said like I, I I posted on Facebook that it was a mind bending experience as promised. Yeah. And it absolutely was because, you know, kind of like you didn't like, you know, that at that point that the eye of Agamotto can adjust time and they show Wong being killed and you're like, holy crap, how can they kill Wong when they're going to do more Doctor Strange later? And then yeah, you're like, yeah. oh, we're back in time. And you actually watch like, it was like a spear or a piece of something that was through his chest and it's just like yeah. out of his body. And it's like, oh, that's cool. I and will say I whole... kind of forgot about the time stone, and then when they get to where was it Hong Kong, I think, mm-hmm. and they show up, and it's already like all fucked up, and you're like, "Oh shit, he's coming!" Like Dormammu's coming. Like, what are they gonna do? I was like really worried. All of a sudden, <laughs> I was like, "This is gonna have so much like ripple effects on the entire MCU. This is gonna rip everybody apart." And now they gotta deal with dimensional beings and all this stuff. I was like, "What the hell?" <laughs> well, I mean, and that's also an interesting thing for them at this point that they did a good job avoiding and I hope they don't do anything with it in the future because so many other things have messed up timelines and they have this introduced as being able to alter time that you know like who's to say that what he did in Hong Kong with the time stone didn't change something else elsewhere Yeah. Um, that happens in the Marvel Universe like it would be an interesting turn of events to see, I don't know, in Spider-Man, we'll say, this year. You know, he's fighting the Vulture, and, you know, he gets knocked off of a building, and he's flying down, and then all of a sudden it just goes back, yeah. <laughs> and he's back on the building or something, and he's like, 
what the hell just happened? Could be their get-it-out-of-jail-free card to retcon something somewhere down the line if they want to. That's what I'm afraid of. <laughs> you know, like, just own what you've done and move forward, you know? It, like, it, it it confuses too many people when you start doing that, you know? Like yeah, look it, at for... the X-Men franchise. Right. And I mean, and they're, but they're still going strong, but... I don't think they would have been going quite as strong if they didn't say to people like, listen, we screwed those movies up, ignore those two movies. And we're starting a new with those two, you know, completely out of existence. So I don't think that they would have done so well if they continued to try to follow that timeline that they had created. Yeah. You know, the, messed up destroyed timeline part um so yeah, i mean all things considered the the stuff that dr strange deals with it still kind of feels like it happens in in just his little pocket of the universe it doesn't seem like it has very far-reaching ripples into the uh, like the larger mcu not yet right yeah i i did in something else that recently came to my mind here is Doctor Strange, his biggest power, in the comics at least, and it seems so in the movie, is being able to draw power from the Eye of Agamotto. Now, we know Thanos is going to acquire the Eye for the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. Where is that going to leave Strange's power levels in order to be able to effectively combat him? Because this movie does not show him becoming the great sorcerer that he is in the comics. Yeah. This movie has him using the power of the Eye of Agamotto and his, you know, his great intelligence to overcome Dormammu. But it does not show him being the ultimate sorcerer that he is. Well, they still make it a point to tell you by the end of the movie he still has a lot to learn. Right. So... And when's like, he going to learn that by the time Infinity War Well, that's true. Yeah, we're not going to get Doctor Strange 2 before Infinity War. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's my concern with that, is that he's not going to have that eye, so what kind of power levels are they going to have him learn between now and then that they're going to have to explain in some way with a comment or something? Well, the argument can be made for Vision, too. What the hell is going to happen to Vision when they rip the gem out of his forehead? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, You know, I think they they had good ideas with these things to do it, to introduce the infinity stones. But at the same time, I'm not even sure that they thought of that yet. Uh, <laughs> vision would be someone that they're really going to need on their team when they fight Thanos. Now, if he rips that gem out of his head and vision just goes dead, they, yeah, you need something there. Well, I, I also think they're going to overpower Captain Marvel. Even, I mean, Captain Marvel's overpowered in the comic books to begin with, but I think they're going to go even to higher levels. To yeah, more I, think I'd, I think I'd seen Kevin Feige in an interview say something about her being one of the most powerful, if not the most powerful character in the MCU. Right. And, I mean, and among the characters they've introduced, even the comic version of Captain Marvel is more powerful than all of them. Um, with maybe the exception of Thor, but mm. maybe not at the same time. They're kind of at that same insane power level. Yeah. But they may go to the more, I was thinking of her character taking on a power level similar to like Sentry, 
um, who's just like Thor, Superman, and Captain Marvel all wrapped into one. <laughs> um, or Warlock, and she plays the role of Warlock in some way. Um, I, 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 you're right. Without Doctor Strange with the Eye of Agamotto, without the Vision, because I don't know how they're going to explain the like the Vision will still be an android without that stone. See, I thought the stone was sort of powering, or I guess maybe it's just what given the superpowers, flight and laser beams and strength. I, I, well, I feel like it's what gave him life. So that's and what I, I mean. Think, if you take that out, then he wouldn't be alive he, anymore. No, I, I think it sparked his life, is what I mean. Like, it was the reason they were able to create him. And I, I feel like he would still exist and have most of his powers without it. Is there, is, I feel like this is going to be their explanation. He has <laughs> most of his powers without it, but he loses that energy beam that he can project from the stone. Yeah. I don't know. We could always just cross our fingers that Tony Stark makes some sort of comparable power source that they can plug into that <laughs> spot like a battery. That, that could be part of the story. You know what I mean? Like that he, in some way, shape, or form, does that. Like he just, and Bruce just, Banner. Just give Vision one of the Iron Man suits that are laying around somewhere and, and let him fight like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, but then he wouldn't be able to go the the true Vision power of the. Uh, oh, the phasing and all that stuff. Yeah, because the suit wouldn't phase. So yeah, I'm. I don't know. I'm. I'm crossing my fingers. They've. They've thought of this, and hopefully, they have a plan. Because otherwise, if they're flying by the seat of their pants, this is not going to be good. Well, I mean, it, it, let's also face it that even the most powerful all team together in the Infinity Gauntlet comics could not, didn't have a hope in hell against Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. They all at the same time got. I like. I can still see in my head the scene is set up where it's like Sentry, or not Sentry, uh, Warlock and the Silver Surfer overlooking the battle, and Warlock telling the Surfer like, "No, it's not time for you to enter this battle yet. I have a plan. You're part of that plan. You you're not to go in yet." And they're just watching Thor, Captain America, the Hulk. Everyone in the Marvel Universe, basically, with the exception of a few Celestials and those two, just get absolutely destroyed on a battlefield against Thanos all at the same time. Yeah. And it's like, if they make him that powerful in the movie, they really don't have that character right now that has the ability to take him down. Yeah. But I'm not going to spoil anything for... Anyone on that hasn't read the comic, if you haven't, go out and read it so you can learn. But they also don't. They never actually end up winning a battle against him. They they don't. I, I'm sure you remember the end to it. Um, Maybe. No? Okay, well then... Well, then I will throw a spoiler alert on potential Infinity <laughs> War spoilers here. Um, Nebula tricks him... And oh, that's removes right, that's right. it from his hand when he's not paying attention. <laughs> um, is she the one that sets it like everything back correctly, or does somebody else do that? No, she takes the Infinity Gauntlet, sets everything back, but then sh they have to fight her. <laughs> like then yeah, it's okay. like, okay, now okay. she's a she's the problem now. Yeah. Um. 
And I, I don't know if they're going to go that route, but they introduced Nebula, so they damn well might. Um, interesting to see if they did that. Yeah, I mean, well, they have Nebula to use, so it could happen. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I'm going to steer us back on Doctor Strange just because I think we're running out of time a little bit here. Okay. Yeah, I uh, got off topic. Yeah, the, the, the Infinity War sort of like, we should maybe even leading, probably leading up to Infinity War, it's it's probably an episode we should do of just like theorizing about what the hell is going to happen in Infinity War. Yeah. I think that could be a fun one to do. Yeah, I think once um, we get like to that, uh, what's the last movie before Infinity War? Is it going to be? Uh, I believe it's Thor, isn't it? Is it? Or no. But, uh, Black Panther, think, isn't it? Wait, because, yeah, Black Panther. Because Black okay. Panther would be November of 2018. No, wait. Shit. No, I thought Is Black Panther. 2018 or 2019? The first one's 2018. This year, so that would... this year we get Guardian, Spider-Man, and Thor. And Thor. And I'm pretty sure next year the first one is Black Panther and then Infinity War Part 1. I can't remember now. Shit. I, I'm all, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty, you know, you might be right. Cause I'm pretty sure Black Panther is before Infinity War. Eh, I can just, once again, Google is useful for many things. <laughs> just pull up the new timeline. I used to, I used to remember like all the release dates when they were coming out. And now I well, keep getting them all confused and well, mixed they, up with each other. They changed it when they put Spider-Man in. Originally the Spider-Man date was set for Black Panther. But then they acquired Spider. Like Sony was willing to let Spider Man come in, so they. No, uh, the the Spider Man date was supposed to be for Thor. Thor got pushed back to November because oh, of Spider Man, it... which pushed Black Panther back. Black Panther might be the November between the two Infinite, the two Avengers movies. I think. All right, I'm just trying to find an updated and correct timeline here, so I can get us on the right path. It. Okay, so, yeah, what we have is Black Panther is coming before the first Infinity War. That's between Ragnarok okay. and Infinity War. Then you get uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp and Captain Marvel in between the two Infinity okay, War okay. movies. Gotcha, alright. So 2018 lines up as Panther, Infinity War, and then Ant-Man and the Wasp with Captain Marvel in 2019. Gotcha, alright. Good to, good to know. Hopefully I'll remember that between now and then. Yeah. I'm sure Marvel will remind me 20 times before then. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, it's not that hard to remember now. We're down to one and a half years, really, <laughs> that we have to remember yeah, yeah. the timeline for. It's not that many movies anymore. <laughs> uh, one thing I did just want to ask, was there anything that we you didn't like or anything you want to nitpick about for the movie? I think I did a little bit of that already Um, with her reaction to his astral form with him not being able to survive that car wreck. Um, it, things I, that I may nitpick at other than that, that, you know, are a bigger deal. Um, using the magic directly as a weapon. Um, having, I don't even know what to call it, like a whip out of magic almost. Yeah, that's essentially it seemed like what I it was, don't like I don't believe that that happens in the comics, and I don't know. I, I don't know how I like that. Um, I guess they had to make something a little bit more visual. 
It could. For, I mean, he audiences. is. He does. It, it's a physical weapon. Is my problem with it. It's not just an energy projection. You know what I mean? Like he's using it to slap somebody oh, that's around. That's fair. With. Yeah, yeah. It, it, that was my issue with it. Like, yeah, I know he in the comics and video games, everything he can use it to send out a energy projection of sorts. But, um, in speaking on the line of weapons, one of the nice little hints of a bigger celestial impact moving forward was presented with Baron Mordo's weapons, the staff or the club or something like that of the Living Tribunal. Um, the Living Tribunal is a... I don't know if he's technically a celestial, but it's a the Living Tribunal is a major player um, in the grand scheme. He's one of the insanely powered beings. It's similar to um eternity um if you eternity is the one that just kind of looks like the stars like a face in the stars kind of thing um okay. on the same level like galactus you know what i mean like similar to a crazy powered being um gotcha okay it was just a nice little easter egg they dropped in there i don't know if they'll ever do anything yeah. more with it but it was cool to have yeah um but yeah the the other issue that I would take is I don't really feel like uh, Doctor Strange is a master of martial arts in any way. Um, and they kind of had him training as a fighter. Uh, <laughs> I, I Which he never really uses when he fights. So even though he's training that way, at least he's not like karate kicking people all, all over the place. Yeah, yeah. We're not getting a Jet Li or Jackie Chan action scene yeah. in this movie. <laughs> but... You're getting save that for Iron Fist. You're getting the training scenes that are similar. You know what I mean? Like it, it had a little bit of a kickboxer feel at times. <laughs> like he's you yeah. know the, he's got a train with Mordo, and their training seemed I don't know it, like Doctor Strange in battles does not run around punching people, so it it seemed out of character, but cinematic at least. Like, it felt yeah. like they had to go somewhat that, like, he can't just meditate and float in the middle of a battle and send out spells uh, for it to be a fun movie. Which, you know, could be cool, I guess, whenever him and Mordo eventually fight. Maybe there'll be a lot more spell casting as opposed to martial art fighting. Yeah, and when they team up as well, well you know, I mean, in Infinity War, he doesn't have to be the one doing the punching and kicking. He can be yeah. just sitting there meditating spells out. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, play the role he does in the comics. Uh, when they fight those roles, he's usually like off in some other realm or something, uh, defending against something or in some way trying to affect the outcome of the battle without physical force. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if I really had too much to complain about for this movie. One thing, I don't know if it's a complaint, but one thing I noticed I feel like is I felt like Doctor Strange was a little bit less funny than other Marvel movies that I'm used to. Like, I don't think it had as much humor as I maybe expected. Um, I, I think it had its fair share of humor, personally. I think it was so just... Maybe, a, the, maybe then the jokes just didn't land with me. I don't know. I, I was going to say... I remember laughing too many times. I feel like it was a different kind of humor than they've done before. Which I like, because it was definitely more... Cumberbatch's humor yeah. than 
it was typical Marvel humor. You know, Marvel humor so far has been very tongue in cheek, you know. Um, but this seemed, you know, like the idea of him just getting killed over and over and over again in different ridiculous ways to me was <laughs> one of the funnier things they've done because it didn't yeah. require, you know, Robert Downey Jr. saying, oh, doth mother know you wear her drapes? You know, it was just. <laughs> plain funny a, a funny situation that they you know a serious situation that they took and added comedy to when it wasn't necessary but it worked um yeah that's more dark comedy type of stuff right it, that's what i mean it definitely had that dark comedy feel to a lot of the moments that it had it um kind of like uh I can't remember exactly what the joke was when he's talking to Benjamin Bratt, but there there was a a good line in there. I I'm gonna, you know it's, I'm gonna have to watch it again to remember all these things. But there's a good joke yeah. in there when he's talking to Benjamin Bratt. the The whole Mister Doctor Strange thing was I did like fun, that. You know, <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like it was there. It just wasn't as blatant. As yeah, maybe others. I have to see it again then. Maybe I was just in the mindset of like this should be a serious movie, and it the jokes weren't hitting maybe for me as much. Could be, yeah. Um, one of the other things that I I feel like I mention all the time because I think it's it's an aesthetic that a lot of movies roll with now, and I fucking hate it. Which is the close up shaky cam quick cut things for any type of action sequence or hand to hand combat that people want to do. <laughs> They're doing all this crazy shit with this magic, and even like the opening sequence with uh, the ancient one fighting uh, the Mads Mikkelsen and all his minions and stuff. Like, it starts out with wide shots, and then as soon as they want to start getting in close and fighting, the camera starts to shake. It's really quick cuts of like she throws out a punch, and then it cuts to someone reacting, and then it throws out another punch, and then you like just. Pull the camera back. Let me see your well choreographed fight scene, and I can understand what's happening. The fact that it shakes so much and cuts so quickly, I get disoriented as to where people are in the fight, who's hitting who, you know, the how all that plays out, and it it just it pulls me out of the experience every fucking time. I feel like that is more of a tendency to do that when they don't have the well choreographed fight scene. Because you can't see the punches not landing. Right. And it also gives it a... It makes it feel like it's happening faster than it is. You know, if you had that wide-angle view of Tilda Swinton and Mads Mikkelsen having a hand-to-hand combat, you know, and all his minions, it, it wouldn't feel as fast as they want it to if they did the wide angle, watch the whole battle thing. Um, and for a character like the Ancient One, who they were portraying in this to be an absolute beast of a martial artist, they needed yeah. it to feel fast. Whereas that single cutscene from the Daredevil show in Season 1, they wanted you to feel the impact of every punch. They wanted you to see everything that happened in that to make it very evident that this is not somebody who can take this beating and walk away from it unscathed. You know, they wanted, you you know, he's very, he's not a ultimate superhero who isn't flawed. And 
they wanted the ancient one to feel more like a hero that's not flawed um that makes those perfect you know punches and kicks and transitions to magic in between fighting um because the ancient one is super powered and daredevil really kind of isn't he is but he's not so i yeah it's just i don't know it's something i've noticed for a lot of like not just marvel movies mm-hmm. like i think i i finally noticed it in some of the born identity movies not the first one but once paul greengrass took over the born identity movies like with supremacy ultimatum and even the most recent one like the some of those fight sequences like they're so you know they're good like they're doing a lot of cool shit but they're so shaky and close up and it's so hard to see what they're doing that i think it it takes away from the fights and that there's that's just the thing that action movies and fight scenes are in in general are guilty of now and it i fucking hate it it's like a pet peeve of mine <laughs> well i mean in the born ultimatum i the born movies i would make the same case that they want him to seem faster than he actually could be for them to film yeah yeah i get the reasoning i just to me i can't stand it and it it's something that i'm i guess more or less I've, I've, I hate it so much that I find myself looking for it. Like, when the action <laughs> sequences start up, I'm like, are they going to do it like this? And then when they do, it's like, oh, great, here we go. Yeah, I, I mean, I think if you're looking for it specifically and it it, drives, it, it pisses you off as much as it obviously does, um, that you're, you're going to see it more than other people. Um, yeah, I got I to... Gotta start getting some good examples of movies that don't do it and that work really well with their fight sequences. I mean, off the top of my head, I can't think of any right now. I was going to say, I don't recall if John Wick does that or not, but I'm sure you're, they do. John Wick at least specialized a lot more on longer cuts. Like it still might be shaky. I think the camera's pulled back a little bit, um, but there's long, there's long takes before they cut away. So he gets a couple shots off and is taking a couple people out before they cut to something else instead of like, Throw a punch, cut. Throw a punch, cut. Your head smacks back because you got punched in the face, cut. Like, I, okay. that stuff irritates me. Well, watch The Matrix again, and at least The Matrix, I can say there, there's some several oh, fight true. scenes there you can watch that are just fantastic as far as what you're looking and they, for. Yeah, they just, they purposely slow the camera. It's, a, it's almost the opposite. They slow the camera down, they keep it still, and they roll it on a dolly mm-hmm. for a lot of those action sequences. And those are, yeah, those are, I should, you know what? I'm going to go back and watch the matrix. Now you've convinced me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, honestly, the, I want to say it was like Halloween or something. They had a deal through, uh, Xbox yeah, on the, you know, the Microsoft movies and TV. Like I, I bought the whole series digitally for like 20 <laughs> bucks. It was like, nice. Sure. I, you know, I've never watched them <laughs> in high def. I, you know, I always had the DVDs. So like, yeah, let's do this. Yeah. yeah. And, it doesn't hold up the same way. Uh, it, it, it didn't originally, <laughs> but there's a lot of those scenes where, where, you know, Neo's flying around or in the fight sequences with Smith, with all the Smiths. It oh, looks yeah. very uh, claymation almost. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it gets a very bad look to it now. But when it wasn't in high def, it, it, it definitely looked better than it does in high def. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. The, the sequence is still there that you're looking for. The martial arts of it is still there. Yeah, I got you. Um, all right, so one final question I'll hit you with before we get out of here. Uh, and I think you might have even uh, answered it earlier. But 
As far as the Doctor Strange compared to other MCU movies, where do you think you'd rank it in your list? Uh, ranking. Um, now, see, if I only seen it once, so I feel like I need to see it twice before I really make a ruling. Yeah. That... Uh, but for me, I feel like my top five are pretty solid, so it might just be like right outside my top five. It, let me review in my head my top five real quick. Um, cause... I'll throw mine out just in case it helps you. My top five, Winter Soldier, Avengers 1, Civil War, First Iron Man, and Guardians are my five. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I would put Guardians, Winter Soldier, the First Iron Man, um, the First Avengers, and then... You're replacing Civil War with something. Yeah. Um, I think we had this discussion before and you disagreed with me that I, I actually really liked <laughs> Age of Ultron. Um, okay, yeah. But could this supplant Age of Ultron? Maybe. Um, uh, it might actually crack your top five. It, well, I mean, it, it could. Uh, I'm going to have to watch it a couple more times, but... I would say it's right in that same zone. You know, it, it's one of the better movies they've done. I would say, like, I, yeah. I didn't come out of this one feeling the way I came out of Ant-Man, where it was like, okay, that was a decent enough movie, but I, I, I don't know how I feel about it. You know, I came out of this one feeling pretty damn good about having seen what I just did. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it's not even close to the way I felt coming out of watching Guardians for the first time. Like, I I came out of Guardians the first time, and I was like, that was just absolutely the most fun I've had in years at the in a, in a movie. <laughs> like, it just it was just fun from beginning to end. And yeah. it, it's going to, like, I'm hoping Guardians 2 can, you know, claim the new top spot on that list. But God only knows, because Iron Man 2 sure as shit didn't do much. Um <laughs> so, you know, Thor 2 didn't do much. Captain America 2, yeah. however, set the bar pretty high for sequels because it was better than the first one. Yeah, that one's still my favorite out of all of them. It, it's, it, to me, it's number two or number three. It, you know, it, it's fantastic. All right, so it might be it might be too early to tell. Yeah, I, I don't feel like Age of Ultron is a solid number five. You know, I don't feel like it's entrenched there in any way. Yeah. So... All right, well, we'll have to, I'm sure we'll come back to a MCU list again. I know we've, we did one already at one episode. I can't remember what number, but we did rank our MCU movies at one point. So I'm sure we'll revisit that one after a couple more MCU movies come out and see if our list change at all. Yeah, yeah, I think you got to give it a few movies to come out and see how you feel. Because, you know, if you, it's tough to do it after each one. Yeah. But, yeah. All right, well, I think that's... Uh... Where we'll, do we want to put like a, a number rating on Doctor Strange? What, what you'd give it, maybe like out of ten? I'd go eight. Or is that too much putting you on this? Okay, yeah, that's kind of where I'm gravitating to. Eight out of ten. It's a solid, solid, solid eight. Out of, solid eight out of ten. I think it's a good, good number for them. Yeah. Um. All right. Yeah, I think that's uh where we'll wrap this one up. Um, I'm not really sure what we'll cover next week. I, I. There's a Wonder Woman trailer that's been floating around for a couple weeks now that I still want to talk about. We haven't actually got a chance to do that yet, so that might be something to cover. Uh, and uh, there was a trailer for another another movie that popped out today that 
was getting a lot of buzz at San Diego Comic-Con. That's, uh, what the hell's the name of it? Valerian, I think. And the, the city of a thousand planets. Okay. Uh, directed by Luke Besson, the guy that did, uh, Fifth Element. So that movie looks pretty crazy. Another crazy sci-fi movie that could be worth talking about. I don't know anything about it, but the trailer looks fucking cool. Um, so that could be next week. Uh, the week after that, I'm debating whether or not we'll do a show. I might take a week off for Thanksgiving, depending on how that rolls out. Since we normally record on Thursdays, Thanksgiving falls on Thursday. So we'll see if we can get something in before then or not. You mean Josh isn't pushing uh, you for a Fantastic Beast show? I was going to say, the only thing that's, that's <laughs> that could happen in between then is that Fantastic Beast is the weekend before Thanksgiving. So if I can schedule something with people that have seen the movie that first weekend earlier in the week like a Tuesday or Wednesday night that we can record and I can put it out at the weekend or the, like the Sunday or Monday after Thanksgiving that could work. So that's, that's also a possibility. So it could, I'm, I'm 50, 50. It could go either way. I'll, I'll probably have to talk to Josh and see what he wants to do. Yeah. He, if I can get Josh lined up, that's probably the, cause he, I have to have him for fantastic. Yeah. Beast. I was going to say, if you do a fantastic beast show and Josh isn't here for it, he may disown you. <laughs> yeah. He has to be here to educate all of us on what we didn't see in that movie. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be dragged to it. My wife is close to just as obsessed as Josh is with the whole Harry Potter thing. So yeah. I'll, I'll be there to see it. I don't know opening weekend or not. She's probably going to want to do that. Um, hey, she's welcome to come on and talk about it too if she wants. I'll let her know. <laughs> um, <laughs> with her and Josh together, it could be interesting. It very well could be. Uh, all right, so yeah, it's sort of ballparking what I'm thinking. We'll we'll see what happens. I'm sure I'll keep you posted within the next couple of weeks how the how the episodes play out and post on the Facebook page. So that's my segue to please check us out on Facebook for searching for Bry Guy and Super Friends or go to www.facebook.com slash superfriends. Uh you can find the page there, give it a like, keep up with the show, topics, happenings, all the stuff we got going on. Uh if you enjoy the show, please leave us a five star rating and review on iTunes. That will really help us out. Uh, also be sure to share, subscribe, favorite the show, wherever you're listening to us from, which could be iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, we're available on all of those. Uh, and on behalf of Andy, Mike, and myself, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.